Carbon capture and storage technology has been proven to provide significant emission reductions across energy-intensive sectors, capturing around 40 million tons of CO2 per year and storing it deep underground before it has the chance to impact the atmosphere. In 2022, we saw governments and private companies making needed investments to continue to advance and scale up CCS globally. Today, we'll be discussing some of the top CCS ambitions and commitments over the last year and name some of the upcoming movers and shakers that will hopefully continue to move the needle forward in the year to come. My name is Ruth Gabramadhin, and joining me from the Global CCS Institute is my colleague, Noura Al-Amer. Hi, Noura. Hi, Ruth. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to today's discussion to give a quick snapshot of CCS progress over the last year. But first, I think we need to talk numbers. So, Ruth, what's happening? Give us the numbers. Yeah, so with respect to the number uh, of facilities, the Institute does track the progress of new facilities that's added to the CCS pipeline every year, which kind of gives us a rough understanding of how industry is doing in terms of mitigating their CO2 emissions through carbon capture and storage technology. Uh, This year in 2022, there were 196 CCS facilities in the project pipeline. And of that, 30 of the facilities are currently in operation, so capturing and storing CO2 as we speak. And that number of total facilities of 196, that that illustrates a growth of CCS projects for the fifth uh, consecutive year in a row. So there there was momentum this year, and so that's exciting to see. In North America, North America continues to be the global front runner when it comes to deployment, with the U.S. leading the way. But we're seeing some exciting developments um, around the world. In Europe, there were some interesting policies that helped shore up CCS projects. And in the MENA region, CO2 storage um, capacity is definitely being marked uh, for a potential future development. And we're also seeing new projects in the APAC region as well. So... So the momentum is reassuring, but the upward trend will need to accelerate uh, pretty quickly if we want to get to net zero. In fact, by 2050, we'll need 2,000 projects uh, up and running. So 196, it's a good number. It's a healthier number than what we had last year, but certainly there's a recognition that we can't stall there and there's action being taken globally to try to change that. And speaking of which, maybe we can kind of pivot to some of the regions that I'd mentioned, U.S., has been the global front runner uh, once again. And there were some sweeping policy changes that we saw in 2022 that were pretty significant, even historic, I guess you can say. Do you want to kind of walk us through that? Absolutely. And the American story this year has really shown how policy for CCS can really drive it forward. And U.S. policymakers have made ambitious policy announcements that's actually found international interest and and, and media. Um, so I'll just jump right into it. We had the Inflation Reduction Act that happened this year, the largest funding provided for decarbonization in the U.S. with well over $300 billion going towards energy and climate change investments. And that includes CCS and beats any singular government funding that we saw this year. So that was really significant. In addition to that, the IRA also enhanced its 45Q tax credit, which has been around for a while already. So these enhancements have been applicable to those looking to operate CCS facilities, and it aims to incentivize and scale up projects. The tax credit amount was increased from around $50 per ton of CO2 sequestered to $85 per ton of CO2 sequestered. 
Of course, we've been hearing a lot about direct air capture and storage, and that has been included under the enhanced 45Q credit, where DAC projects will receive $180 for every ton of CO2 that's stored. And that really kind of meets the kind of increased investment that a DAC project would require and that kind of, you know, that that I think would really kind of push that technology forward as well. So further to the IRA, CCS funding in the US will also stem from the Infrastructure and Investment Jobs Act. So over the next five years, 12 billion will be allocated to research and development, CO2 transfer and storage infrastructure, demonstration projects, and much more. So there's yet a lot to be seen in the US. And we also have a mention to another um, country in North America. Yeah, Canada. Tax credits seem to be popular in in North America, and Canada is not exception to that rule. The federal government did announce uh, in an earlier budget plans to have a CCUS tax credit, and this year we saw that being rolled out. So interesting to see how how it unfolds and how it will scale up the CCS market there. Fantastic. Thank you for that. And I think maybe it's time to jump over the pond and come to Europe, where me and you are based. And maybe you can give us a bit of an overview of what's happening here. Yeah. So Europe is also seeing some sweeping policy changes and CCS alongside other proven climate technologies are are the beneficiaries of that. We're recording this in early December and probably by the time this comes out, there'll probably be more um, ambitious targets, but as of now, there's the the 2030 targets, otherwise referred to as the, the Fit for 55 package, where um, the aim is to reduce emissions by 55 percent by by 2030. One of the um, but one of the programs aimed to support um, the 2030 targets of the European uh, Union or the European Commission is the EU Innovation Fund, which is aimed to uh, scale up low carbon technologies. And over the last uh, two years, the I think the funding pot is at over 30 billion uh, right now. And since its rollout, 11 CCS projects and CCU related projects have been uh, supported through the fund. So the fund really has enabled uh, not just new industries, but new regions to enter the CCS market, uh, such as Bulgaria. And we've also seen, you know, countries like Finland and then Poland enter the CCS space. So it'll be interesting to see how that funding program evolves, especially as those 2030 targets get closer. Also, so I think something worth noting if we're talking about CCS efforts in Europe is there also appears to be a real will to address some of the regulatory barriers that comes along with scaling up CCS just beyond funding. For example, er earlier in the year, we saw the Danish government and the Belgian government enter agreement to support cross-border CO2 transport, which would, you know, further enable CCS projects that they have coming down the pipeline. So it'll be interesting to um, watch that as we go into 2023. So what about Asia? What's happening there? Any noteworthy projects? Yes. This fall or closer to the end of the year, Thailand was actually the latest country to enter the CCS market. Um, a state-owned energy enterprise committed to using CCS to decarbonize one of their operations. So so APAC continues to move forward with CCS. It's interesting you actually mentioned Thailand because Thailand, a day before COP27, submitted its nationally determined contribution, which included CCS. So it was the latest country to include CCS. So it must have been all related and tied together. You know, it's the synergies, right? It's great to hear. Okay, so maybe now let's step into international policy. You and I were both at COP, but, you know, we don't have to limit this to just a COP. 
the International Panel on Climate Change had a report earlier out in the year, Working Group 3, which is the working group that focuses on what specifically? On mitigation. On mitigation. And they had a report, I think, earlier in the year that touched on CCS. What did this report say? So one of the key things is that the IPCC have illustrative mitigation pathways. So these are different pathways to reach our Paris Agreement objectives, which is towards 1.5, towards net zero, etc. And six out of seven of these pathways included CCS. Um, and just to mention the seventh pathway that, that does not include CCS requires a significant behavioral change and significant reduction in the demand for energy. So this really shows the importance of CCS. And also, I'll also mention uh, in terms of CDR, so carbon dioxide removals, that would also be required to handle any residual emissions. Um, so, so this is sort of, from, so from a scientific perspective, CCS, was, CCS is required. And, uh, and that's very clear in, in the IPCC report. So we had two meetings that happened with the UNFCCC. We had the Bonn meeting and we had COP27 that happened in Sharm el-Sheikh. Bonn. So that is the midway point um, prior to COP27. Is that correct? And it happens in, I'm assuming, Bonn, Germany. Exactly. So the UNFCCC is headquartered in Bonn and the intercessional is always in Bonn. Um, so this is the meeting of the subsidiary bodies before the COP, where all the decisions are are adopted. Um, so this sort of, you know, this sort of is when the negotiators come together and prepare all the different draft decisions and texts that they need in order in order to deliver at COP. So we were there at Bonn and we were there in COP27 and it was, we've, we have a number of reports published published, and we had a significant, um, I think Ruth can also speak on that, a significant um presence in COP in terms of our events and all that. But I would mention probably most importantly, the outcomes of Bonn and eventually COP, which uh, are concerning the global stock take technical dialogues. So the te technical dialogue portion of the global stock take is uh, basically an information gathering exercise in order to essentially be the basis towards the global stock take outcomes next year in Dubai, which are more of the political messaging of the Paris Agreement uh, cycle, essentially. So the global stock take takes stock of the our progress towards achieving the Paris Agreement objectives. And so the technical dialogues was the information gathering stage until we have the outcomes which will happen in COP28 in Dubai. So this started in Bonn with the first technical dialogue and it continued with the second technical technical dialogue in COP27 in Sharm el-Sheikh and it will continue with the third technical dialogue in the next Bonn session, which will happen in June 2023. And after that, we'll be looking at the actual outcomes, which will happen in Dubai. So what are some notable discussions that we saw as an observer related to CCS? So... Just a rundown of the kind of conversations that happened where, where we were observing and participating. We had a number of countries like the US and Saudi Arabia and Norway talking about CCS in, in their different national contexts. We also had India and Kenya showing interest in CCS and with some future planning of CCS from India. And uh, this is sort of what's happening. But we also um, are looking at, you know, there still needs to be quite a bit of uh, information sharing. 
There, there might, yeah, there, there's still room for some knowledge sharing on CCS with other remaining developing countries, such as small island developing states or, you know, any or, or even African countries and other developing nations. Um, actually, interestingly, we had the Brazil uh, event that happened just, I think, a week or two ago. So it showed, you know, new emerging markets that are looking in, at CCS and new emerging economies that are looking at CCS. Um, so this is this is really interesting. Another another aspect I would say is uh, Article Six, which is dealing with Article Six Point Four, which is dealing with the International Carbon Market Mechanism, and they, they there is the Article Six Supervisory Body, which met a total of three times. And when it comes to CCS, it they've been talking about removals, and their CD, uh, DAX is is relevant and. What happens through removals and any decisions taken on removals will have some sort of impact on CCS because of that CCS component of storage. So the way they account for permeance, et cetera, um, will have some sort of inherent impact on the way CCS is looked at in the future when it comes to Article 6.4 in the carbon market. Um, but also, I'll also mention Article 6.2, which are bilateral agreements, and that is also something that CCS could be a part of. But of course, this is according to the country's discretion. So if the countries wish to uh, create uh, CCS projects and exchange credits on CCS projects, this is entirely, entirely up to the parties to do. Um, another aspect I will talk about, another outcome I will talk about is the Forum on the Implementation of Response Measures, which is designed to maximize the positive and minimize the negative impacts of any mitigation policies. And at COP27, the Forum encouraged parties to explore CCS. Uh, develop, reg uh, you know, develop regulatory frameworks, remove barriers and strengthen policy support to drive innovation and deployment to scale up CCS. And that's actually a direct it's it sort of directly bridges the gap of what the IPCC report said, the Working Group Three report, where it did say that there are barriers to deployment, and 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 I'm and I'm thinking that this is sort of ways to reduce those barriers um, and address them. So I think another um, another outcome of COP27 worth mentioning is the nationally determined contributions. So we had a lot of different countries from the developed and developing countries that have submitted their NDCs that included CCS. This uh, you'll find in more detail in, of course, our, our global status report. I think also it's worth mentioning the number of significant announcements that were made at COP27 concerning CCS. So one of them was the world's largest CCUS hub in the world announced by Saudi Arabia through the Saudi Green Initiative. We also saw the scale up of the technology in new territories, such as in Africa and the Caribbean. This was shown in South Africa's CCUS pilot project funded by the government and the World Bank, as well as Nigeria's Africa Center for of Excellence for Carbon Management and Technology Innovation, as well as Nigeria's Africa Center of Excellence for Carbon Management and Technology Innovation, as well as Trinidad and Tobago's ongoing CCS program development. So lots of exciting things happening all over the world when it comes to CCS. Very exciting stuff. So I think also I want to mention when it comes to COP, 
it's becoming bigger and bigger year on year and there's much more engagement. And really, it is the time for businesses and, and our listeners to please, please, please join the conversations that are happening at COP at the Global Stock Take or even, at, you know, there's the Race to Net Zero, which is uh, looking at business participation. So really, please reach out if you'd like to participate, because now is really the time and we need as much of our heads together when it comes to implementing the Paris Agreement. Thanks, Nora. Um, so yeah, so lots happening. Um, check our, our website for uh, more information if you want to learn more about the policies. If you're interested in projects specifically, um, you can read our status report, which will have more information on certain projects that are happening around the world. Um, we also have a webinar online that is a one-hour debrief of of uh, of of what's happened in 2022. If you're interested in watching that, um, but more to come hopefully in terms of CCS progress in 2023. Yeah, and I think one of those one of those most exciting things about 2023 from an international policy perspective is that the presidency is now with the United Arab Emirates. So this is a country that is economically developed is economically dependent on a technology like CCS and how that will shape international policy in COP28 is something that we will you know, we will be actively participating in and uh, and observing. Okay, thank you, Noura, for joining me. Thank you very much, Ruth, for this wonderful conversation. If you're interested in uh, more details, we'll have show notes, a link to all the reports um, that we mentioned in, in this episode, and you can find that at globalccsinstitute.com under the Multimedia Library. <laughs>